welcome to Old Money, a show dedicated to helping you build the trust fund you wish you were born with. Ladies who lunch, listen up. Life is not about looking rich. I want you to build a life and a legacy that feels rich in every sense of the word. If you're ready to stack cash, talk shop, and trade insider secrets, you're in the right place. These are the new rules to old money. So let's get after it. Yes, welcome back to the Old Money Podcast. We're getting back into it. This whole podcast, the whole purpose is to help you get rich, right? And I'm on my way. We're on our way. And I've learned some things over the last couple of years that I want to share with you. And today's episode is the core, the crux, the thing that actually changed my life. And it's about getting out of financial fight or flight. And I will tell you all about what that means. But before we get into that, let's do a birdie and a bogey. So my birdie for this week has been, I had an amazing birthday, July baby, cancer baby, cancer season, all the feels, lots has been going on, but in the midst of a very crazy season for my man, Justin, he's in the middle of trial prep and it's just been so horrible. Um, He took some time to take me out to dinner and we went to anime in San Diego. It's in the Pacific Gate building, Bosa's building down um, in downtown San Diego and I have to tell you the story. I listen, I respect the hustle so, so much, but you let me know how you feel about this. So first of all, the vibes immaculate, just the whole ambiance. It's, it's really giving LA and I'm glad that San Diego has something nice going on, right? Like the whole restaurant was beautiful and our server was incredible. So we sit down, we're having conversations. Like, what are we thinking about? And Justin went to the restroom at one point and the server came over and he was like, what are you thinking about for dinner? And I said, oh, you know, we're going to get the crispy rice and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I'm thinking about doing the special that you had told me about the hamachi collar piece of fish, right? Whatever. Great. He's like, oh yeah, that sounds excellent. Like, and let me take your order. And I was like, oh, well, why don't you wait till Justin gets back and we'll put in in a couple minutes. We're not in a rush. Right. So he comes back when Justin's back from the bathroom, he takes our order. We put in for the crispy rice, which by the way, is the best thing on the menu. Like an absolute must. I could eat bowls of it. It's so amazing. And I say, and I'm going to get the hamachi collar. And he goes, oh, excellent. By the way, I just checked with the kitchen and you got the last one. And call it a sixth sense, call it woman's intuition. I looked at him and I was like, did you really? Wow. Thank you. You just make a girl feel so special. And I knew in my heart of hearts, that was not a true statement. I don't know what it was, but I just knew it wasn't true. And I didn't say anything about it, of course. I was like, great. And then we're ordering. He goes, you know, I don't think that's enough food for the two of you. You should probably get another dish. And Justin and I look at each other and we're like, okay, this is a Tuesday, by the way. Like, we're not going big. We're like, okay, sure. So we add another thing to our to our order. Like, I guess maybe the portions are small. We've never been here before. And then a few minutes later, we're chit-chatting and our server sits down this amazing group of people right next to us. There's like six really cute Gen Zers happening next to us. And he's telling them the specials and he goes, on special tonight, we have an incredible hamachi collar. And two of the people at the table go, oh, I'll have that. And he goes, excellent. So he fucking lied to me, like straight up lied to me about me getting the last one. And I get it. It's like in sales, you want people to feel special. You want them to be really, you know, feeling like you went above and beyond for them. And that in turn can make them feel like they trust you and you've done one for them. So you should order more, buy more from them. And to me, I just hate it. I just... 
oh my God, I was so turned off and bothered by that. And of course, people next to us ordered the hamachi collar and got it delivered. And it was just not a vibe. And then on top of that, our food gets delivered and there's too many plates for our freaking table. I mean, we had so much food in front of us. We ended up taking half of it home and it just wasn't the guidance that we needed. So listen, the food was fine. I think the, again, crunchy rice was the best thing on the menu, but buyer beware there you have a really good sales training program at anime. So just know that when you go in. But on flip side of things, the bogey. Oh my gosh, you guys, this podcast has just been such a challenge. <laughs> um, I hope it looks easy and I hope things are just coming together. But wow, so many things have gone wrong. And from microphones breaking to re-recording episodes to, you know, just some like internal trauma that's been happening, it's been a journey. And I was feeling really sad the other night and I committed a cardinal sin, which was I impulse shopped really hardcore. So my microphone was broken. I had traveled with it and I recorded episodes with it. And then the microphone's just completely shot. I totally broke it. That is my fault. So I went online and I was like, great, here I go ordering $1,500 worth of equipment to make this all happen and get it delivered. And I was feeling really sad for myself. So I thought, you know what? I really deserve to also get a new pair of Apple Air Max Pros because look at me being a podcaster. That's what a podcaster would have, right? And so I ordered them and they're like 500 and something dollars and I had to get little extra pads or whatever. So you're looking at a total ticket of 600 bucks and I got them delivered and I literally felt nothing. They were even in old money green. Like they were cute, but I felt nothing. I've never been a tech person that needs to have the new tech or fancy tech or wanted to spend money on tech. And I looked at myself wearing them in the mirror and I was like, I don't even want these. And so I returned them. And the reason I'm sharing this story is because it is all about what this episode is about, which is financial fight or flight. So we've all heard of fight or flight response in our bodies, right? Like when we perceive a danger, our brain will signal to us to fight back to protect ourselves or to run, to flight and get out of the situation. And this is actually something that happens in our brain chemically and informs our body's next move. So what will happen is that your amygdala, which is a part of your brain, will trigger your brain to you know, increase your heart rate and pump adrenaline into your body and dump a bunch of chemicals so that you can be safe. And this is what people refer to as the lizard brain. So this unevolved part of our brain that has been wired in us over hundreds of years of evolution to keep us safe. It's one of those things like a little bit of anxiety is good because it keeps you aware, right? But the fight or flight response is a heavy load, a heavy dump of chemicals that makes us act in certain ways. And with our nervous system, so you have a sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic, I'm not gonna get into all the science about it, but there's actually four responses, not just fight or flight, but there's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And a fight, obviously you're going to fight back and be aggressive. Flight means you're going to run. A freeze is when you have no ability to act against a threat. And fawn is your body's stress response to try to please someone in order to avoid conflict. And what's happening here is that your amygdala, which is this part of your brain that manages your emotions, it processes things like memories, your senses, it gets dysregulated. 
And what happens when we're under a deep amount of stress is what's called an amygdala hijack. It's like your brain is so focused on just surviving or getting away from this perceived or real threat that it takes all of the energy from the rest of your brain. So it means that your critical thinking skills or problem solving skills or your logic skills are all really compromised when you're in this state. So you're like, babe, what does this have to do with money? Well, it has everything to do with money. Because the amygdala deals with a lot of emotions, it actually can really tie into your finances because when we're having emotions that we don't want to think about or face or they're challenging, we might be looking for something to regulate our bodies again and make us feel better, i.e. looking for a hit of dopamine. And I don't know about you, but this has been my MO for so long. It's going to fill that gap or, you know, not look at the feelings and go figure out something to make me feel better. And that might be in the form of purchasing something or spending money on something. And this makes so much sense, right? It's like, let me think about this. Like if you, you're having a Friday night, you're like so excited. And then you see on social media that all your friends are out without you and you weren't invited, All of a sudden, you're feeling super lonely, you're feeling super embarrassed, you're feeling really sad, and you might find yourself like I have before at Target with a cart full of like new shower curtains and trash cans, like things that you do not need, but you needed to distract yourself and placate yourself so that you wouldn't have to feel the emotions of being left out or feeling sad. Or another example, speaking of Friday nights, like maybe you have a date or maybe you're going out with friends and there's somebody there that you want to impress, a guy or a girl you're trying to get the attention of. And after work on Friday, you rush to the mall and you go to Zara and you buy everything in sight, including a blazer because it's there and might as well grab it, right? And then you run to Nordstrom and you see a pair of shoes and they're Stuart Weitzman and they're on sale and like, oh my God, I got to get them. Like, I'm going to wear them tonight. You get so jacked about it because you want to feel good in the moment. And then three months later, you're cleaning out your closet and you're like, oh my God, this fucking ugly blazer from Zara. Like, what was I thinking? Because you're just not being intentional about what you're purchasing because you're purchasing to cover up this nervousness or insecurity or all of these other emotions that are super triggering and uncomfortable to deal with. The reason this is all so important, A, the awareness about it, but B, how to resolve it, and I'm going to take you through that, is because if you want to live a very wealthy life, a lot of it is just being present and intentional with your money. And if you have these money leaks, all these ways that you're just throwing money away, like you know, you get in a fight with your boyfriend, you go out with a friend, you go to the bar, next thing you know, you're picking up the tab for everybody there because Somebody at home doesn't think you're the best person ever. So you're looking for validation from somebody else at the bar that you're never going to see again. That's a money leak. That's not a good way to spend your money. It's great to treat your friends. It's not good to go out and waste money on shots when you're just feeling sad. So regulating your financial nervous system, it allows you to be more resourceful. It allows you to just slow it down make better purchasing decisions, or just make better decisions to not spend. And I'm not saying this is easy. I literally just told you at the beginning of this episode that I just fucking did this. Like I felt an emotion. It was sadness. It was frustration. It was overwhelm. And I looked to fill that gap or look for a quick fix or a hit of something to make me feel better. And it actually didn't even work. So thank God I could return that. Thank you, Apple, for your return policy. But for me, just slowing it down has been the biggest thing. And 
there's a couple of things that I've done over the past many, many years from climbing my way out of always being in debt to actually building a substantial net worth. And I'm going to share them with you right now. Okay. So the first thing we need to discuss is the credit card situation. Okay. I was that person that knew all 16 digits of their credit cards by heart because I used them so often, like 4465, right? You all know how the visa starts. I knew my credit card numbers by heart. And what I recognized is when I was trying to put guardrails in place, my brain was overriding them because I just knew what my credit card number was and I would input it wherever I needed to. In fact, one of the things that led me to buy those Apple headphones the other day was the fact that all I have to do is like click, 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 like the whole world is set up to make it easy for you to pay money for things. So I just clicked through. I didn't even have to think about it. I didn't have to get my wallet or my purse or take a pause to go get something to make the purchase. It was already programmed in my computer. So first and foremost, if you are like me and you know your credit card numbers, get new credit cards literally tell them that you lost it, cut up the old one and get a new credit card number so that you don't remember it anymore. The other thing that I want to say is that you need to then freeze your credit cards. And I do not mean through your bank. I mean, get a plastic bag, a Ziploc, if you will, fill it with water, put your credit card in it and put that motherfucker in the freezer. I used to do this all of the time, and it is such a pain in the ass to get that meat hammer and break up that block of ice to get your credit card out when you really need it. But the reality is, is that if you are in debt, you should not be using a credit card, period, full stop, end of story. The other thing is if you have multiple credit cards, you need to consolidate. Number one, if you're in debt, and we will talk so much more about this later, you need to consolidate your credit card to a zero interest promo rate. Discover has a lot of those programs, but you need to close down credit cards so that you only have one. And it's honestly really just for emergencies until you are able to play the game of points, which we'll also talk about. But if you're in debt, you're not ready to do that yet. And by the way, if you're in debt or you're overspending, do not argue with me about closing credit cards and how it's going to hurt your credit score. Because if you're in debt, your credit score is not going to be relevant right now because you should not be buying a car and you should not be buying a house. We should focus first on getting you financially healthy so that you're able to do that. And the hit, so to speak, to your credit score is negligible. Like it's not a big deal. Just consolidate the credit cards. You don't have so many in your wallet. I think one is enough. I have two personal and then one business. But again, I've gone through this process. I used to have all of my credit cards frozen in the freezer. So, you know, there are two sides to every story. The other thing you need to do is disconnect it, like I was saying, from all of these autofill things. So whether it's in Chrome or on your computer or on Apple Pay, turn it all off. You should not have anything that automatically inputs your credit card number if you're making impulse purchases and your budget spiraling out of control. So take Apple Pay off, take off everything off. And with your credit cards frozen in the freezer, you should be carrying cash until you can really regulate. And there's a couple other steps here I'll talk about, but this has been such a game changer for me. Like if I was only carrying cash, it felt so much more precious to me and I was very much less likely to spend it. 
on something I wasn't really being intentional on, right? So we are getting new credit cards. If you're a freak like me and memorized all 16 digits and the CCV code on the back, you are consolidating your credit cards if you need to, meaning that you're either moving them to a zero balance transfer or you're just shutting down the ones um, that are not getting used. You might be freezing them in the freezer. You're going to Chrome, you're going to your MacBook, you're going to Apple Pay, and you're getting all of these autofill things turned off so that if you need to make a purchase, you have some guardrails in place that will slow you down because you'll either be paying in cash or you'll have to get up and get your wallet so that you can make an online purchase, or you might have to break out the meat cleaver so that you can break down a block of ice in your freezer. The next hack, if you will, this is not rocket science, but this is again, slowing it down is my tip to write it all out. Number one, there's a shopping list for everything. If you're going to the grocery store, if you're going to Target, if you're going to CVS, you have thought about what you want and that's what you're buying. That does take a lot of self-control, especially for somebody who does like to impulse shop and browse around the jewelry section of Target to see what things they can find. But if you're interested in coming home without 14 new hair clips in your bag, you might want to try to write things down before you go. But the other thing and the more important thing is I'm also writing down not just my grocery list, but the things that I want. So listen, my number one thing about old money and living really well now is enjoying the fruits of our labor. We work so fucking hard for our money. We should be able to spend it on the things that are important to us. So this is not a conversation about not spending. It's a conversation about being intentional, right? And stopping all these money leaks or the ways that we overspend because we're acting out of financial fight or flight to placate ourselves because we're dealing with emotions. So when I want something, I'm allowed to buy it. I just want to make sure it's the right thing for me. And so even if it's something that I'm interested in buying, I write it down on a list. And I have a list. I've been working on this wish list, I call it, since 2015. And it is my favorite thing to look at because I put everything on there that I want. I have like a consumer wish list, things that I want to purchase, like a watch or these sunglasses or whatever. I have all of the things that I want listed there. I even have random things like my curling iron broke. I need to get a new curling iron. And I will write it down on the list and I give myself a cooling off period. If it goes on the list and I still want it in three days and I have the money for it, I go get it. I am allowed to buy the things that I want and so are you. But this is a new habit. And when you build a new habit, you have to think about it in a cycle, right? You need to have a trigger which is, okay, I have an impulse to buy something. And then you have to stop yourself and say, ah, I have to go write it down on this list. Shit, have to wait a couple of days. But then the reward is you either have a moment with your future self where in three days you're like, wow, I really didn't need those high top sneakers. Thank you for not buying those because now I can put that money towards my Birkin instead. Or you have the opportunity to go purchase the thing because you slowed it down. And that's a really nice feeling as well. So that reward piece is, really important. But the cooling off period, I mean, this is such an important thing, is just slowing down our activity so that we're not impulse spending and impulse buying, but instead investing our money in something that's going to net a positive return on investment. The other thing, don't hate me for this, but the journaling, you guys, it's so important. My whole life changed when I started journaling. And I'm not a big like 
pen and paper girly. Like I don't even know what my handwriting is anymore. My technique for this is I walk my dog and I talk to text in my phone. I'll either talk to text in a note or I'll use the voice notes app. But women especially, we're verbal processors. We have to get things out. And a lot of the times we just have too much going on in our head and we have to get it out of our bodies and minds. And when you're walking, you're processing emotion because emotion is just energy in motion. And when you're walking, you're focusing on not tripping, you're focusing on moving forward. And what happens is you tend to get in a flow state. And if you just talk and walk, things will kind of flow out of you that you might be surprised about if you just let yourself flow and think. And what I would suggest that you work on, and maybe this is one of your money dates, is why am I overspending? Like what is coming up for me that's really painful, that's causing me to run to Zara, that's causing me to go to Target, that's making me need to have a Starbucks every single morning and I don't even consciously know that I'm drinking it. Like that shit just goes straight down the hatch and I don't even know. I want you to get really present and honest with yourself about what might be coming up for you. And I totally get this is super uncomfortable. That's why we do it in little bits. That's why we do it when we're walking. We just let it flow. And that's why we go to therapy. So something to think about is why we're overspending or why our brains are putting us into financial fight or flight. The other thing, tip number three is let's get really honest. Dopamine feels so good, baby. And we got to replace the habit. If you have an impulse shopping habit or an overspending habit, it is a habit just like nicotine's a habit or drinking's a habit or any vice that you have, it's hard to replace that and just cut it cold turkey. I mean, if you think about quitting vaping or smoking, right? You use gums and patches in order to like wean yourself off of that. You have to replace the chemicals. Obviously there's the nicotine chemicals, but I'm talking about those dopamine chemicals and that habit that you've built. So Even if you use the patches or the gums, if you have this like oral fixation or you like to be busy with your hands, they suggest you should get like flavored, um, what are they called? Flavored toothpicks or sunflower seeds or something that you can work on with your mouth, gum, for example, so that you stay active in using your hands and your mouth. And shopping's kind of the exact same way. You are going to quit shopping impulsively, cold turkey. Like, I don't think so. Have you done that before? Do you know how good it feels? Like, yes, it feels very good in the moment. It's three months later, as I mentioned, when you look in your closet and you haven't worn anything in it, that's where the problem comes in. It comes in when you actually want to buy the bag and you can't afford it because you wasted it at Forever 21, right? So the replacement of the habit in this is we've got to find something that feels as good as that purchase does and actually feels better. And okay, let's get really real. This is Okay, this is exactly why the show is rated explicit. We're just going to get into it, right? Because I'm not that bitch that's going to be like, why don't you go to the gym? Like, go exercise. You're going to feel so good with the endorphins. Like, no, it's not me. I'm not getting endorphins when I'm working out. I'm actually wanting to go shopping instead. But my thing is you've got to find something that like turns you on as much as the thing does that you're trying to replace. So maybe that's, you know, having sex with your man, or maybe it's masturbating, or maybe it is going for a run if that's your thing. Maybe it's phoning a friend. Maybe it's making an espresso martini if you can handle your alcohol. Maybe it's something that isn't typical, but it makes you feel really good that you can do instead. You have got to find a replacement. And I'm going to tell you the weirdest shit that I did when I was really breaking my habit of spending because I was in a massive amount of debt after starting my business. My dog got really sick. I crashed my car into another car in a parking lot. Like 
shit was just not going my way. And I needed to control my spending. And every time I wanted to go out and do something, this was the time when my credit cards were frozen in my freezer, by the way, I would literally, this is so stupid. I would literally do a handstand in my house. I would do a handstand in my house up against the wall or the couch or the bed because it would immediately change my physiology. And it was so stupid that I just did it to get control of myself again. I had to do something and I didn't know what I was doing. By the way, this was also during COVID. So not a lot of outlets here, but I would do a handstand. It would a pattern interrupt me and it would totally set me in a different path. And I would go on a walk with my dog and I would journal about it. And that was the way that I broke my habit of overspending, especially online shopping. And I mean, that was only a few years ago. And where I'm at financially now compared to then is just beyond my wildest imagination. So the last thing on my list, my last tip is kind of just like a catch-all of cleaning up the details. Because as I mentioned, the entire world is conspiring to get you to spend money. I mean, I'm a marketer. It's literally my job to get people to want to buy things. And so I'm hyper aware of it. And when I'm being sold, just like that server was trying to sell me on an extra dish or feeling really good about my hamachi collar. So I'm very aware of when I'm being sold. And when I'm seeing things now, everywhere, everywhere is trying to sell me something or trying to get me to do something that maybe wasn't my path. And so the cleaning up of the details looks like this. Number one, you need to go through your Instagram and your TikTok and you need to delete the influencers. And on TikTok, you need to block them and you need to not watch them because you need to train your algorithm that you don't want to learn about new stuff to buy. You don't want to see new things I bought on Amazon part 54. You need to move on from that. And I would rather your algorithm served you in a way other than randomly buying stuff online, right? The other thing, and this is like so wrong of me to say because our company literally does this for our clients, but you need to unsubscribe from all marketing emails. I cannot with the waking up in the morning, checking my email, and I have 15 messages from Lululemon, Aloe Yoga, Beyond Yoga, every other company in the entire world. Oh my God, we have a new drop. Come buy it. I'm going to call out my boyfriend right now too, because all he wears is James Purse. I'm literally recording this in our closet in our house because of the acoustics, because I want this to sound good for y'all. I'm standing in front of 100 James Purse t-shirts. And every day James Purse sends an email and it's like new drop, summer sun, or like summer sunset, or like summer in salt. It's literally the stupidest shit. It's every single day, the same stuff they always sell, but repackaged. And Justin and I are like, ooh, like what's for sale from James Purse? Oh, a basket for $500? Let's get it. So cleaning through your emails is super important because it's so triggering and it's something that you wanna not have influencing you or making you think about purchasing. What you need to do, this is the ultimate hack, is go to your Gmail and I want you in the search bar to write the word unsubscribe. And that will pull up every single email because all of these vendors are required by law to have an unsubscribe button written out in their emails. And it will bring up any marketing email that you have in your inbox. So you can go through one by one and unsubscribe from all of them. That's what I want you to do. The other thing in, this is a big one for me, is that you got to stop going shopping with your friends because I don't know if you have friends like mine, but all of my friends have really good taste and all of my friends love champagne. And so we'll go shopping and we'll get some wine. We'll get some champagne. We'll loosen up a little bit. 
And then they're the worst influences. And they're like, yes, you do need those sandals. Yes, you must buy that wallet. And you got to not go shopping with them. You should be having a super curated list of the things that you want. And those are the things that you buy and only the things on your list after your cooling off period. So if you have friends like mine that are bad influences, just stop going shopping with them. Do something different instead. And one more time, I'm just going to say this because it's a detail and I bet you didn't do it before. Go right now and turn off Apple Pay, disconnect your credit cards from autofill on your computer, and stop just pressing a couple of buttons to click to purchase. Unsubscribe from Amazon Prime, turn it all off, check all the things that are leaking your money from you, and take control of where your money goes. All in all, I think this is a practice. It evolves over time. I just told you that I'm still struggling with this. But the thing I want to get through again is that this is not about deprivation. Living a wealthy life means having the money in the bank for the things that you want, not wasting your money on things that don't matter to you or don't really serve you or addressing any money leaks that you might have that are getting in the way of you really honestly building wealth. So this episode was all about fight or flight and your nervous system and controlling it. And we talked about it in the context of finances, but obviously we're all anxiety, stress freaks right now, right? Like that's just the way that the world works. And I've got to tell you my number one hack, and this is so Huberman of me, but I'm not expecting you to spend a million dollars on an ice roller. But here's the thing that's been really easily calming me down during the day when I'm having a hard day at work. I go to the bathroom and I'm running cold water over my pulse points. And again, on the physiology change, it helps so much of just regulating your nervous system and your body temperature. And then also there's this thing called the vagus nerve in your body. And the stock tip is learn about the vagus nerve, invest some time in how to use it, regulate it, whatever. I don't really know what it means or what it does, but here's what I do know is that it's a nerve that runs from the lower part of your brain through your neck into your chest and your stomach. And when it's stimulated or gets stimulated rather when you're stressed out. So when you're learning about this, you'll see that it recommends that you stick your face, for example, in a bowl of ice water or put ice on your chest, or you can do some gargling with water or loud singing activities to get your vocal cords stimulated. That stimulates the vagus nerve and it actually helps regulate your stress and anxiety. And the more calm we are as people from a holistic standpoint, the more space that we have, the more calmness we have, the better purchasing decisions we can make so we can get ourselves out of financial fight or flight. That is it for this episode. Let me know what you think. I'm dying for your feedback. I can't believe I'm doing this all blind, just like not even knowing what you guys are thinking about all of this. So please let me know what you want to talk about, what's resonating with you. If you have questions, you can email me at oldmoneypodcast at gmail.com or send me a DM on social at Old Money Podcast. And I love you so much. I will talk to you guys on the next episode where we're getting even more wealthy. Feeling rich? I hope so. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Old Money. If you have questions you want answered, email me at oldmoneypodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social. We are at Old Money Podcast and I am at your service. If this episode spoke to you, inspired you, helped you, if you took a single note, it would mean the world to me if you could please just take a minute to rate and review the podcast. And if you're not doing so already, subscribe. And if you have friends who like getting rich, please share this episode with them, even if it's just on your Instagram story. 
and I'd love you more than Jeff Bezos loves Amazon Prime. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Remember, I'm not your lawyer. I'm not your tax professional and I'm not your financial advisor. The content presented in this podcast is intended to entertain, educate, inspire, and support listeners and their personal and professional development and does not constitute business, financial, or legal advice. In addition to that, this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. 